Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Hello, everyone. For those who don't know me, my name is Marlies or Mela, as most people call me. And um, it's my privilege to share the Word of God with you this morning. Um, We are busy working through a series called uh, Histories or His Stories, however you want to say that. Um, What we felt as elders to do is to revisit our Sunday school stories. Um, We've heard them in certain ways in Sunday school, and it's amazing when you go and revisit those stories, how differently God opens them up for you. And it's been really a beautiful journey. Um, Johan spoke on Samson last week. Was it last week, love? Yeah, it was. Okay, it feels so far away. (laughs) Um, And it is my great privilege this morning to speak on the life of Samuel. We will be reading 1 Samuel 3, verse 1 to 21. It's always as a preacher, you're like, ah, do I give all the time to reading the word or do I speak more? And we are just going to give more time to reading the word. So that you don't have to listen to my squeaky voice, I have asked the amazing Karabo Modise, please give her a hand, to read this beautiful book. And she really just reads beautifully. You're welcome to just follow with her on the screen. First uh, Samuel 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the inequity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. 
And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you that we can read your word. Thank you that we will not be imprisoned right now for reading your word. Lord, I pray as we look at this portion of scripture that you will make it come alive for us. In Jesus' name, amen. A beautiful story of, um, I've now learned the word narrative. I'm studying narrative, a beautiful narrative <laughs> of, um, of Eli, a man, Samuel, a boy, and God, Yahweh. And I felt to look at it like that. Um, firstly, there are many things we can say about all of these, these characters, but I need to just be obedient and speak what God says I must speak about each of them. So obviously we're going to spend a bit more time on Samuel because we really want to <laughs> be like Samuel. Um, but I'm going to highlight the other things um, of the other two characters and not diminishing God in any way by calling him a character, but just looking at what I felt God wants to say about him. So firstly, if we look at God, as I read this portion of scripture, I was so struck again that he speaks to us. I think in our Christianness, if there is such a word, we, is, we are so used to the fact that um, you know, God speaks. It's, it's such a given. When I sat down and thought about it, I thought about other religions. I do not know of another God that is as intimate and as forthcoming with speaking and relating to me and being in relationship with me as in this religion called Christianity. He speaks to us. <laughs> I just felt we need to take a moment and just remember that again. 1 Samuel 3 verse 4, then the Lord called Samuel. 3 verse 6, and the Lord called again. 3 verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. 3 verse 10, and the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then God starts speaking specifics about Eli's life. Horrible stuff. Not stuff that you want to hear as an 11-year-old, I'm sure. Verse 21, and he appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. God speaks. He speaks all the time. 
First, he speaks by calling. And then after Eli says to him, oh, he discerns that it's God speaking. And he says to him, um, when you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then it says, the Lord came and stood. He wasn't just calling. Now there's this action towards Samuel. He moves even closer. And then in verse 21, again, he appeared again, which means he was there before. So it's happening again and again and again. God is speaking all the time. If you are under the impression that the God of this universe, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, Father God is a silent God, you are mistaken. The problem there is not the God not speaking. It's either that he's not speaking to us or to me. Or we're not listening. It doesn't sit comfortably with us to think that God might not be speaking to me. That's all I want to say about God at this point, is that he speaks. He's not a silent God. The question is, who is he speaking to, especially in this account? And why is he not speaking to another? The next thing. Oh, yes, I can do it for Sorry. Hold on one second. There we go. That's better. I'm at the end of my preach already. Eli. Okay, so for those of you who are not churched, relax. Here comes a short version of Eli. Eli is a big deal. So after the judges, like Samson, Samson dies, and then Eli is the priest in the nation, the high priest. The high priest is a big deal. He, um, he is able to once a year go into the Holy of Holies to make atonement, sprinkle the blood on the Ark of the Covenant. It was something that they did for the atonement of the sins of the nation. Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. No one else could do this. So Eli is, he knows the voice of God. He knows the ways of God. He knows the law. He knows what needs to happen. He knows what doesn't need to happen. He lives in the temple, in the tabernacle. Um, if you go and read the commentaries, there's rooms outside where the priests used to stay. And probably Samuel had a room a little bit further, ooh, a little bit further away. Um, Samuel was closer. Oh, I mean, Eli was closer, sorry, than Samuel. Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. I know, to each his own. In short, these two sons were pretty evil. So they are from a priestly background, which means they had priestly privileges. But they abused these privileges. 
So there was a certain way that you had to offer things, and there was a certain portion that you were allowed to take as a priest, and these two boys took more than they should have taken, in short. Okay, they took parts of the offering that was not supposed to be for them. They also, on their way to the offering, looked at the girls at the temple gates, and they were like, ooh, you nice, will you sleep with me? Okay, let's go and sleep together. <laughs> they did that. And there were rumors about these boys. Their reputation exceeded them. You remember those people at school? Their reputation was just like, ooh, okay. It just exceeded them. And Eli got to hear about this about his sons. And here's what Eli does. He rebukes his sons. He says to them, come on, boys, don't do this. But when they carry on in their wicked ways, he does nothing about it. Okay? This is Eli. What do we take from, the, from Eli's life? This is what I take from Eli's life. Eli knew the voice of God, the presence of God, the ways of God. He knew how to walk, how to talk. He knew he could probably recite parts of the law. He could do so much. He could say so much. He could go into the Holy of Holies and make atonement for the people's sins. Yet, in chapter 3, when God speaks, picture it in your mind, if you had to picture God walking. He actually has to walk past Eli to get to Samuel. Because Samuel's a bit further away. And he speaks to Samuel about Eli. And when I read that, I was like, oh, Lord. And I felt God say to me, as a people, are we so desensitized to the voice of God when it comes to our sinful things that God is at a point where he will walk past you, speak to someone else, and they take action on your life. May we never get to a point, never, where God has to bring that kind of rebuke by someone else. You see, God is not silent. The only way for you, really, I thought about this, the only way for us to silence the voice of God in our lives is if we keep just pushing down those convictions of the Holy Spirit. When He brings something up and you're like, no, no, no. I don't want to deal with the sons, Lord. I know they're wrong, but I don't want to deal with them. And you just keep pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. Eventually, God's going to find another way for you to hear. My encouragement to us as a church, to myself is, will I hear his voice for myself when it comes to my sin? Then Samuel, 
we're going to spend a bit more time on Samuel. Sorry, just give me a second. I just want to get this place. Samuel is a big deal in the Bible because of his mom. Hannah was his mom. She goes to the temple. She's barren. She cannot have children. And in her cry to God, which the Bible describes as almost just like a whisper under her breath, she was weeping and and she was very upset because she really wanted a son. And she cries out to God in this whisper. And Eli walks past her and says, you're drunk. You can't be here and be drunk. And, and she corrects him and she says to him, no, I'm not drunk. I'm crying out to God. I'm making my request known to him. And in that moment when she cries out to God, she promises God, if you give me a son, I will give him to God all the days of his life. That's her promise to God. And when Eli realizes she's not drunk, he blesses her and he says, may God grant you your petition. And God grants her her petition. And she has this boy and... Um, their family often went up and down to the temple. And when, when he was weaned, Samuel, I, would, I suppose that's when he was on solids and he wasn't breastfeeding anymore, um, she took him to the temple to Eli. And she allowed him to stay there. And she said, this is, this is how I'm going to dedicate my son to God. He can be there and stay there. And now imagine Samuel. Let's say he was, let's, let's give give or take three years old. All he knows is Eli. He follows Eli everywhere. He sees Eli everywhere. He watches when Eli goes in. He watches when Eli comes out. He's, he watches how Eli speaks. He, he is just, this is like a dad figure to him. This is like a dad to him. Samuel observes Eli's life. And here we are, in chapter 3, and he's 11 years old, and he's done all these things in the temple, and he's a servant of Eli. He helps Eli with things. At the age of 11, this struck me this morning because Ava is 10 today, and I just realized, wow, like this is kind of the age where God spoke like this to this boy. And, and, I call it his aha moment. Samuel has his aha moment with God. That moment where we all have experienced God. It happens for us in different ages and in different phases of our life. But he hears God. Doesn't realize at first that he hears God. First of all, a side note to parents. If you're not a parent yet, listen up. You might be one one day. For those of us who are parents... I felt God challenge us on this. Are we setting up our children where they know, not necessarily just the presence of God, where, where they have that aha moment, because that's not up to us. But it is up to us to cultivate an environment for them where they can have that moment and we can govern them through it. Like Eli did for Samuel. 
We need to govern our kids through these moments. We need to make sure that they know what it is to worship and to read the word and to be in a congregation and to go to children's church. They need to be familiar with those things. Samuel was so familiar with the practices of the day. He was familiar with God and the Torah and the law and things. He was familiar with that because that's what he saw every day. Do we rob our children of that? Do we rob our children of seeing that, parents? Because when they have their moment with God and they don't know that place, it's very hard for them to understand this God. It's almost like there's a progression for them. Then for us adults, what do we learn from this little boy, Samuel? <laughs> so many times in this chapter, you see these words. Here I am. That was always Samuel's response. So if you read the commentaries, it says he ran to Eli. Well, number one, he didn't really know the voice of God until that night. But he ran to Eli because Eli was going blind. He was quite old. And they suggest that maybe he had to get up quite a few times at night for Eli in the past because Eli needed something Maybe he needed someone to help him to go to the bathroom. Maybe he needed someone to help him to walk somewhere or get something. And Samuel did that for Eli. That's what he did for Eli. So when he heard the voice, he was like, here I am. And then Eli's not, no, I didn't call you. And then he hears the voice again. Samuel, Samuel, here I am. And Eli says to him, so I don't know about you. But if I was that little boy, by time number three, I would have been, ah, slap my oman. I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want to see to your needs no more. But his response is always, here I am. In that moment, he doesn't realize that it's God, the God of the universe speaking to him. But because his response is always, God, here I am, here I am, here I am. Eli discerns, it's the voice of God. Now this is how you respond. And then when he responds, I'm listening, speak, your servant is listening. God speaks. I felt God say this, you know, this little boy just did every day what he was supposed to do faithfully, relentlessly, consistently, Probably bored to death most of the time because he's just a little boy, but he did it because that is the right thing to do. And when he was called, he was like, here I am, here I am. Please, can you take me to the bathroom? Here I am. Please, can you get me the, here I am, here I am, here I am. And how often do we grow weary in our day-to-day -day life, in our jobs, in coming to church, in coming to prayer meeting, in having to discipline our children, in having to do a good, be a good spouse, in having to be a good business partner, partner to say, here I am, Lord. Because you know what? It's in those moments when we say, here I am, that it might just be that moment where God wants to speak so audibly to us. 
and start something new in us. But it is in our consistency and in our faithfulness in the small little here I am's of life that God comes. So I don't know about you, but whenever I read the story as a child, I, I, I was jealous. I want to hear God audibly. I've heard him audibly once. But I, I also want to hear a voice. I don't, some people, it freaks them out. They're like, don't ever speak to me in a voice. I'm going to run as far as the hills. I wanted to hear a voice. That was always a desire for me. I'm grateful that I have heard it once. But I always read this portion of scripture and almost felt like I couldn't relate to it because, Aish, I don't hear a voice. And as I pondered on this, I realized if God didn't speak to them audibly, all they had was the word that was the law, the do's and the don'ts and the this and the that. And the, the stories that, that was before, like they knew that God had taken the Egyptians out and they had those things that they can hold on to and they held on to it because that's all they had. And then God comes mercifully to some like Samuel and he speaks in an audible voice. And I felt God say to me, the Holy Spirit inside of you every single day speaks audibly. It makes me audible. You see, imagine being those people, just having to live laws without the Holy Spirit, making it alive for you. Just doing it because if I don't, I might not make it. <laughs> if I don't, I just don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just doing it because I'm scared of God. Could have been that for them. When we take the word of God and we just read it, it's the same. It's just do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. But the moment we allow the Holy Spirit to invade that, it becomes audible and doable. An example of this out of my life. I was in a very toxic relationship at one point of my life. And I didn't want to be in it, but I did want to be in it because it was just so nice to be in it. But I also knew it wasn't good to be in it, so I would read my Bible just to feel better about myself. And I sat one day, I was reading in the message, and I read the scripture in James, and it says, don't let anyone under pressure to give you into evil say, God is trying to trip me up. God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. The temptation to give into evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby, sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. And I'm reading this, and it's just law. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes, and he makes it audible. And it's so audible in my heart in that moment 
that I fall to my knees and I weep and I see how the sin is killing me. I could physically see sin standing over me with a knife trying to take me out. And in that moment, I realized I don't want this relationship anymore. And that's where I gave it up in my heart. That day, I gave it up. You see, God's word, the written word, became audible when the Holy Spirit invaded that space. I get so annoyed with people and say, oh, I don't read the word, it's so boring. It's just invite the Holy Spirit to read with you. Because even the most boring scripture can come to life and it can change you forever. When you get three prophecies in a row that are spot on the same, do not think that the life of God is always in that. Until you've taken it to the written word of God and you have, have sat there with the Holy Spirit and there he's made it audible, don't lend your ears to that. Make sure it's God. Make sure it's spirit-led. Hear me carefully. I'm not saying prophecy is not of God. But I have found people will get three prophecies and that's where it ends for them. When I ask them, what have you seen in the scripture? How does this line up with what God says in the word of God? They haven't even gone to the word. They've just listened to the word by man. And it might be 100% right, but you, we need to make sure that it is God. For anything that we hear, whether it's songs or something we feel, can we always go back to our plumb line, the word of God, and allow the Holy Spirit to bring it to life there? God's voice is audible by the Holy Spirit, even if you don't hear it with this ear. Lastly, imagine this little boy lying in his bed. God speaks to him. This, basically the defeat of Eli, like in detail. I'm imagining my little Ava walking, waking up this morning on her 10th birthday, having to walk in and come and break this news to us. It says he lay and he waited until morning. It must have been a long, long night for this boy. And then when he woke up, he didn't go to Eli. <laughs> he was scared. The Bible says he was scared. He only goes to him when Eli calls him. And Eli asks him, tell me, what did God say? Your The most probably testing moment of this little boy's life. I can imagine him having a bit of a moment where he looks at his whole life flashing in front of him, thinking, I had no control over being here. My mother dropped me at the age of three. I know I'm committed to God. I've learned all these things about God. I'm looking at Eli and I've got so much respect for him and so much. And honestly, look at Samuel. He learned the same things as the other two sons that are so evil. He was a goody two-shoe. He, he, he wanted to do well. <laughs> you know, you get those who just want to be rebellious. I don't think Samuel was one of those. He kind of did everything that he needed to do. 
And he has served Eli. And now he has to tell Eli this horrible thing. And he's faced with his identity as a servant boy. His whole life has revolved around him being Eli's servant boy, growing up in the temple. And God challenges him in that moment, his greatest test. Will your identity be this? Or will your identity be obedience? Are we willing to take on an identity of obedience again? We will be faced in life with many moments where we would want to just, especially those we love and those we hold dear. But then God says, be obedient. Samuel becomes one of the greatest prophets. He plays a major part in anointing David as the king. It's this moment where that entire calling starts. It's this moment when he chooses to be obedient to this hard thing that he has to share with Eli. And he shares it. Everything. He holds nothing back. He holds nothing back. And the Lord appeared to him again and again and again. Our obedience allows God to become even more vocal. He wants to give us more. He wants to say, yeah, do this now. Yeah, do this now. Be obedient to this now. Be obedient to this now. And the more he walks in obedience. And you know, the thing about Samuel is he stuffs it up. Along the way, even knowing that, God speaks to him. Knowing what the future hold, holds, God speaks to him. Do we have an identity of obedience? Or is it, as Johan said just now, my job, my status, my children, my marriage, my, or is it God, I'm obedient to whatever you ask of me? Even if it's hard, even, even if, it's a, if, it, if it offends, even if it might mean that I walk away, yeah, this was Samuel's reality. Eli could have looked at him and said, off you go. I never want to see you again. That must have been a fear in that little boy's heart. Yet he chooses obedience. Which camp are you in today? Are you in a place where you take for granted that God speaks? He's living. How have you silenced the voice of God when it comes to your sin? Are you still able to hear him when he convicts you? Are we still faithful in our day-to-day, every day? Because it's there where God speaks into our situation. Or have we become a little bit arrogant? I don't need to. I don't have to. I don't feel like it. 
Is the word of God your last thing that you go to or the first thing so that his spirit can make it audible for you? Is your identity obedience or is it something else? Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.